his kind of flappy tunic that that's he wears a bad motion right oh. now <laughs> well <laughs> uh, his flappy tunic hey i like oh. flappy tunics what can i say you show me somebody with a flappy tunic it's done deal hey it is the experience point again and i'm back Cro- crossing over with still loading again we haven't gone anywhere because we have another episode to do we hinted at it a lot I couldn't stop talking about it during you our did, last episode. You did pretty well, actually. Okay, did, I did better did, than I thought. You did I pretty would. well. Uh, it is Shadow of the Colossus. The Shadow of the Colossi. Colossi. Uh, yeah, Shadow of Colossus. So we're going to get into it. I have a lot to say. <laughs> All right. So Shadow of the Colossus is the spiritual sequel to Eco. It's not a direct sequel. We kind of talked about that last episode about how. Eco about Fumito Ueda uh, didn't think that Eco really needed a sequel, so he didn't give it one. He so he, he almost made one. He almost called made one. Nico. Cause, yeah, because this game was going to be called Nico Ni, meaning two in Japanese, and then Eco, the original game. So Nico as this bizarre Japanese portmanteau of uh, that's one of my favorite words. That's by how, the way. Oh, I can't not think of Pokemon when I hear portmanteau because a lot because a lot of Pokemon names are portmanteaus of things. Are they? Uh, What's yes. a, just a quick example, real I, quick. I wish um, Chandelure, like uh, it's a chandelier, but it, it drops lures. on the floor. No, no, not <laughs> it's lore L U R E. Oh, okay, because it lures you in because it's I a ghost gotcha. type. Um, okay, so <laughs> drops on the floor. What a dumb joke. <laughs> <laughs> that was my own joke. I, know. I was going to give you a pass until you <laughs> called yourself out again. No, no, it was pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but we we're talking about Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, because it's a great game, and it's the reason I chose this game specifically to end the summer of PlayStation Two for you know PlayStation Two's twentieth anniversary. Yeah, I can't believe it's just that, weird, man. right? It's twenty years, and uh, this my uh, hair is getting gray just thinking about. I it. was about to go in this whole monologue about how thankful I am for this series, but there's still one episode left. It's still the big PS2 mm. retrospective, um, which once again is already recorded. Though I realized afterwards I need to add in some things to it that I forgot when I recorded. So hopefully I can find some creative way. Creative we'll way to do post. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I figured we would end the game part of the series before we did the PS2 retrospective with Shadow of the Colossus. Mm. Because Shadow of the Colossus, I think overall, I don't want to say it's the best game on the console because it's very subjective, but I think it is the most important game on the console in a weird way. And huh. it's just because of what it did for video games as a medium in terms yeah. of how they are treated in terms of respect yeah, uh, for people outside of video games uh, because it's, it's considered one of those examples of games as high art and eco kind of did this, but it was, it was very different. Yeah. And um, shadow of the Colossus is just a super important game. Cause I remember when you told me about it and I, I picked it up for my PS2 and I actually played it for the first time, um, I mean, it wasn't recent, recent, but I beat it. Unlike Eco, excuse me, I did beat it. Uh, I beat himself under the bus. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I beat it. Like I want to say, in like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, maybe a little bit later than that. I was still living with my parents at the time, and I remember going down to my friend's house down the road, Tristan, who's been on the podcast before. And I played it on his PS2, brought my memory card over and was playing it more over there and showing him the game because mm. I told him, like, I'm pretty impressed by this considering this is a PS2 game. Yeah. And it was, I think, I was already dating my wife at the time and we started dating, yeah. So I, 2012, 2013, yeah. Uh, We've been together for a, for a minute now. Yeah. Um, And so I remember playing it and this is a really random thing that I remember I was super <laughs> impressed by. 
Agro Agro is your horse in the game. Agro. Uh, his hair on his mane mm. it flowed really nicely for yeah. a PS2 game. And and the main character Wander or the Wanderer, uh, his, his kind of flappy tunic that that's a bad motion right now well (laughs) his flappy tunic for those watching on youtube uh you're gonna you're gonna see some stuff andrew andrew's into some things Uh. (laughs) hey i like flappy tunics what can i say you show me somebody with a flappy tunic it's done deal wanda just forget about it forget about it uh no so yeah they I was really impressed by that for some reason. I don't know why. I was like, wow, this is a PS2 game out? That's incredible. Mm. And what I think works about the game is, or the reason why it's so important, I should say, and we'll get into what I think about what works about it, is the reason why it's so important is just because it really kind of challenged the idea of what a game, like what game design could be. Yeah. And the reason for that is that there's no, with the exception of the... The boss. Well, actually, no. The reason it's challenges it. It's a game nothing of nothing but bosses. There's yeah. no, there's no fights in between it. Every single like thing that you have to do that's aggressive. Any fight that you have is with a boss. So, but are they all bosses or are none of them bosses? Since they're all kind of equal. I, I they're all bosses <laughs> because a a boss typically means something bigger and badder than all the other stuff that you fight in the game. And you don't fight anything else in the game, so... That's true. <laughs> but a boss is also meant to test anything that you've learned, but at the same time, like to kind of... I guess it's kind of proving your point. You're learning gameplay mechanics through the boss fights. Yeah. Through these bo- through these fights. But it basically... the You can tell the idea that is though, to make a game of nothing but boss fights. But yeah. you're right. If there's no lesser enemies what is really a boss there's no juxtaposition to yeah. balance out that ratio unless you consider the lizards the, <laughs> the little, small enemies the small enemies that you could just <laughs> pew with it at your bow and arrow yeah. so shadow of the colossus came out on october 18th 2005 in north america and october 27th 2005 in japan and once again, it's developed by Fumito, or the director was Fumito Ueda. Mm-hmm. I for, always forget what his development team name is. It's Team Ico, or Ico, excuse me, I believe, is the name of his development team. And they're part yes. of Sony. I think, they, I think, I think that, they were called something else when Ico came out, though. Maybe. Um, they weren't Team Ico at the time, I no, don't no. think. It's kind of like Studio Ghibli. They made Castle of Cagliostro before they were technically Studio Ghibli. Um, and to tie eco into this other than the mm. nico thing there's a little easter egg if you have a save file i was gonna yeah, say yeah, when yeah. you said oh i took my memory card yeah yeah, yeah. The, go ahead well they well i didn't have an eco save file on my memory card oh, so i didn't yeah, get I it did. um so when you have an eco save file on your memory card what happens is you the, the mark on agro's forehead like right like pretty much right down his nose mm-hmm. it changes from a diamond shape to kind of like a like it's almost it's, it's a spike it looks yeah. like a spike or like one of uh Eco's horns, I guess, but straight down. Doesn't he? Does he change colors too? I think I he goes from black to brown. If you have a, it's it's just a slight color. I don't I don't think he did, but I also okay. I could be wrong. It might it. also be I might also be thinking of like New Game Plus because I think if you do it a certain amount of times, he, he's uh, white, and then or brown, and then white. Maybe I know the horse changes colors. That's all I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I thought, I mean, I like Easter eggs in games, and that's yeah. a lot better than that watermelon thing <laughs> we were talking about at the end of the last episode. Yeah, if you want to know what the F that was, watch the <laughs> watch slash listen to the eco episode. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so stupid. Uh, so let's, uh, like <laughs> well, no, no, not the ending, but our talk, what we yeah. said at the end. 
Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, so... Maybe don't go back and listen to it. No, do. They need to learn what they, whatever the fuck I talked to. Whatever that stupid food I was. Yeah. It's gross. Um, so, Eco... Not Eco. I'm sorry. That was the last game. Shadow of the Colossus. I'm yes. getting all confused now. Shadow of the Colossus. What the gameplay is like... Because the story is simple. And I remember you telling me about the story uh, that it's it's very open to your interpretation. Yeah. So I guess I mean the, the story takes like two seconds to really explain overall, right? You have yeah, you're you just... have a kid named Wander, uh, mm-hmm. probably a teenager, it looks like, named Wander, carrying some girl. You don't know who the girl is, yep. what relationship the girl has to him, or anything, and he's carrying her to this shrine, and yep. you meet this god thing called Dorman, Dorman. and. Fun fact, Dorman is voiced by both a man and a woman to kind of give it a genderless yeah. voice, which I thought was a really... Because you couldn't really put a pin on what it was. Then. Except for the very end, for some reason. They really? remove... I think they have the female voice after the twist happens. So you can read into that however you want. Interesting. I did yeah. not know that. Um, so you 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 take this girl to the... Or Wander takes this girl to the shrine. It seemed... And she's passed out. She's unconscious. And it seems like it's to save her. I think she's like dead, dead. Is she's dead? Yeah, because like there's a couple of shots like where it's close up on her and you can tell she's not breathing. Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and he, he says to Dorman, like, I I was told that this land was somewhere I could go to return souls to people's bodies. So I think it is um, implied that she's <laughs> dead. And well, and so you make a deal with Dorman, and he mm-hmm. agrees to put this to bring her back to life if he will kill all the Colossi. Yep. Um, how many? There's sixteen. Sixteen Colossi. So I actually have a note. There was originally planned to be forty-eight. Yeah, there was going to be a ton. And forty-eight. Then it, and then it was like, oh, we'll do twenty-four. And then that, could you imagine? Mm-hmm. I mean, that game's not well, the longest, but. I mean, you could probably beat it in like eight hours, but but that's that would 48? still be eight. If it took eight <laughs> hours to defeat sixteen 16. of them, you're it's over. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think you could anything over ten on that game. I think would be a little much. I think the game is good at the length that it was. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the right amount. So of. once it, they did condense, now the the forty eight was meant to be more of just kind of like uh, this is the idea phase. You know, it was all. Uh, pro, uh, propositions you know there was all just like what about this what about this it was all the spitballing that was going on behind the scenes trying to figure out what types of colossi they would want to use for the fights and they narrowed it down to 24 and then time constraints forced them to narrow it down to 16 and i actually have a quote here (laughs) i actually have a quote here from the producer uh from kenji kaido Hmm. and he was saying we would we would condense the individual elements of two colossi uh, down into one that way we weren't just throwing them away but rather combining them together to make to make them figuring out, uh, sorry, to make figuring out how to defeat them even more interesting. Hmm. So, and they gave a, the, I was on a, did you know, gaming video that I watched that they kind of talked about it and they, they listed a few of the examples. I honestly can't remember them all off the top of my head. Cause there was, there was about three or four. Um, and I'm just like, I can't, I don't have time to write all these down right now, Yeah, uh, but they, they would condense the two, which I think was smart. Like you said, I think anything, 16 was a good number, man. Yeah. And I, the the last one, I will say, was a little anticlimactic compared to the rest. But Oh, you think? I mean, I because if I remember correctly, the last one is you kind of running through trenches like in a zigzag type of thing. And then you have to climb up. That's to like get to him. Yeah, That's to get so to him. So there's like a whole portion of just even getting up to the guy. And he's yeah. like that huge tower one. So which I, I thought was... 
well, let's, it's not my favorite one. Well, but. let's let's get into it. Let's get so that's the story. So you're killing these Colossi so that way you can save whoever this girl is to you, girlfriend, uh, M- sister, Mo- Mono, mother, Mono or Momo. I think her name was. I don't know. I think Mono. I think yeah, or Mono. I guess Mono. would be. Uh, so you have to defeat these Colossi, and what I loved about it, I mean, it's sad, but every time you defeat one of the Colossi this black smoke comes out and like yeah. it almost looks like it possesses wander yeah. and it gives you without saying anything it kind of gives you that idea like maybe this isn't a good idea maybe i'm not doing the right thing but you you're kind of forced to by dormant or whatever yeah. just because of who, whoever this girl is to you, you care a lot about her mm-hmm. and the the whole crux of the game is that you have these very long segments of these beautiful open spaces and even on the ps2 it's very empty but it doesn't look bad like yeah. it, it's it's odd like it's a lot of empty space with not a lot to do in it but there is it's just interesting enough and there are some small elements that you can do aren't there like shrines you can find or something yep. like that yeah there's like shrines where they always have like a lizard running around that you can shoot to get your stamina up and you can save at the shrines but yeah like we got into it a little bit in in the eco episode about how like the world feels empty but it feels purposeful like it feels like lived in like there's a lot of history to the world like you'll find just like random collapsed structures and like why is this random like gate looking thing here like what was this like how many years eons ago that it might have been there's so much like history and like the world just feels alive. It kind of reminds me of what Bloodborne would end up doing and what the Dark Souls games do is where yeah. they tell a lot of the story through the world building, mm-hmm. through the world itself, which I don't play these games because I'm bad at them uh, <laughs> and I don't like being bad at games. But they, they do that a lot in this. And what I like about that is that it just, it kind of, like you said, you don't, you, it makes you question what happened here. Mm. Why, why are things the way it is? And actually, one of the Colossi, they, they originally intended one of the Colossi to be a water fight. It was, um, I think it was, hold on, I wrote it down, the 11th Colossus, Leo. And it was, they, they were supposed to be in the water. It was, you were supposed to actually fight Leo in the water. Hmm. But when they, I, they, they scrapped that, but they kept Leo in. And they made it where it was just like, they made it so it was almost like, pools like remnants of what used to be a lake or a bed of water so they oh, they yeah. took a scrapped idea and turned it into story through the through the the environment mm-hmm. and i actually have another it's quote like the dried up lake bed yeah one yeah and i have another i have a quote from one of the designers uh masanori kajita uh the pools of water that remain around the completed arena were previously an entire lake it was just that we changed how to defeat leo and thus the arena came to be the way it is today hmm. ueda told us to make it seem as though long ago there was once a bigger lake in the area it was it was fun to create yeah so and you get that feel throughout pretty much the whole game where it it feels like at one time this was a very different world and it's it's gradually changed over time or maybe not gradually maybe there was a, a catastrophe or something that happened mm-hmm. and to, let's get into the boss fights i think right. i think that's i think or, <laughs> that's pretty much all the game is i mean that's the story there's yeah. there's not much not much else except for the plot twist at the end which we mm. will talk about after we talk about the colossi um and uh, maybe we'll go into all 16 colossi maybe we won't you might remember more than i do i i I remember specific moments mm. of p- playing them. 
I think the couple that I had to look up, I think it was one was the fifth one, the bird one. I think that was the fifth one. Yeah, it was right? fifth or sixth. And so the the first and fifth one. I think the first one, like aesthetically, just looks amazing. Yeah. I think the first Colossus is one of the coolest looking designs of anything. Yeah. And there was a whole campaign, like this marketing campaign leading up to the release of the game. Did you hear about this? I don't know. So I, I wrote part of it down. It was really crazy. There was a blog called Giantology. It was hmm. a it was a it was a giantology.com. I don't know. I don't it's not up anymore. But basically what they did was they had this fictional enthusiast like he was a he was i forget what his job was prior like what this fictional character is but his name was elric elric sorry eric <laughs> alphonse elric yeah eric belson and he was he was a fictional character and he there's video clips of like corpses of the colossi washed up on beaches or like oh, towering yeah. tall and it was all fake it wasn't real yeah but they got like millions of hits because it was this it was this weird thing where like holy shit are these things actually real mm-hmm. and they really kind of put it into they really try to make it feel like it was a real thing leading up to it but i don't know if they really announced that it was in ties to the game until afterwards like that's a that's a cool marketing thing. yeah i always find those marketing ideas really weird when they don't tell you what it's for until after it's already there oh I, man like the halo it, 2 i love bees thing is that was that i don't know I didn't it was about a that. weird alternate reality game where they put up this fake website that was like about a woman selling honey but it was like being hacked and then it, it was like this rampant ai and without getting too far into those weeds because i can do a whole show about that of course, I talked about Halo in the last one too. I kind of, you know, I, I haven't done a Halo episode yet, but like you, have our on. friend Jr. If I could find, if I could track him yeah. down, I remember him from when we took Japanese class. Yep. He would be, he's real into that. He'd be really too. into it. But the crazy thing was just a little fun fact about the I Love Bees campaign was they. So basically, people decoded that there was, you know, these times, these places and times where people needed to be, and then uh, payphones were going to ring. And in would, real life. In real life. And people, had, it was an alternate reality game. So people were doing all this stuff in real life to figure out stuff about Halo 2. But they didn't know it was about Halo 2 until the very end of it when you got the call. So <laughs> this was 2004. So when payphones still existed. When payphones still existed. And there was one, you can hear, you could look up, there's footage and recording of this. Somebody answered the phone while Hurricane Katrina was going on. What? And the person on the other end had to break character and be like, dude, there's a freaking hurricane. You got to get out of here, man. Like, this is not a game. Like, it is a game, but like, it's, don't mess around with this stuff. <laughs> are you are you yeah, shitting you me? You can look up the footage for it. It's wild. Is this on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, my God. That's... What? Yeah. <laughs> So after you finish this episode, go check that out. Go watch this on YouTube because you'll just see pure disbelief on my face. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it was nuts. Anyway. That's, wow. Yeah. I I don't know how I'm going to transition out of that. Like, I'm <laughs> legitimately flabbergasted by that. That is, uh, oh, my gosh. Well, you said uh, the boss fights. So, yes, yeah, that yes. first, the very first one, the... It is a good like it's like the Ryu of that. It's it's like it's not too big. It's big enough that you like whoa, but it's not too crazy. It's got like the hammer weapon, and, and it gives you a good idea of everything you can expect from the game because you and again in typical Eco did this very well too, where it tells you everything you need to do before you even get to that fight. So you're climbing stuff. It's showing you that you can jump and grab and then turn around and jump. 
it is a boss fight then because they taught you all the <laughs> mechanics beforehand and you had to master it for the boss fight. That's fair. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't arguing for no, it. No, I was no, just, I'm just messing with you. Um, but you, you climb up this like little precipice thing and you have to leave aggro behind and um, you get up there and you like climb up the thing and then like there's a rumble and like birds are flying by and then you just see the foot just come like crashing in front of you and it like displaces the rocks and like the camera literally pans up this gigantic thing's body and it's funny that you were talking about the marketing for it because one of the very first things that sold me on buying this game was uh i think it was in game informer i got a poster that it was one of those like you hold up the magazine and it folds out and you're like oh mama but it folded out like 19 times and there was this really tall thin poster of the um the soldier i forget its name but or what number it is but the the really really tall colossus with the sword and it was just like a silhouette of that colossus and wander just super tiny at the bottom and it said um some mountains are scaled others are slain yes and i was Dude, like, that is a great tagline it really is that should have been my on this episode still I'm not the <laughs> stupid i want to ride horses <laughs> it should have been some mountains are scaled others are slain that, that's fine. i forgot about that that is such oh that's really good marketing that is, i think after you told me about the game i looked it up and i saw that tagline i'm like that's fucking dope yeah that is such a good. I mean, besides tagline. the fact that these are also scaled and slain, like you're literally climbing up these guys. And I think that was one of the things that sold me on the game in the first place was because that was even that was, at that time. I'm old enough. I've played enough games when I first played this game. You know, 2013, where you kind of like, as you get older and you play more games, you kind of become a little bit jaded, and not in a sense of like. Jaded, I think, is the wrong term, but maybe just desensitized to it. Yeah. So you don't have that sense of wonder anymore mm. that you did when you were a kid. You know, the, you you can always remember the first time you played a game and you're like, holy crap, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. For me, um, I remember one of my first reactions to seeing a video game was uh, over at a church friend's house. They were playing Mario. And I was like, wait, this is a cartoon you can control? And that was <laughs> my thought. Funny. I'm like, this is a cartoon that I'm literally controlling on screen. Wow. And I, in my head, it just, it broke my brain. I'm like, what is this witchcraft? <laughs> I didn't know what witchcraft was at the time yeah. either. But, um, and so that, like, you lose that. You lose that a lot of times when you are a kid, or as you get older, you get more experiences. And I, for, I actually forgot about it until just this episode that the first time playing Shadow of the Colossus, scaling that first colossus mm -hmm. i went oh okay so oh. this is this is like this isn't like some bullshit where they usually tell you like you're gonna climb this mountain and then there's a path that you go up yeah or they have some cutscene that lets you get up to the top of it right no 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 no. you're doing this you start at ground level and you are walking up that bitch yep. like you are finding a way to get to the top of yeah it and i also really like you're how you're gonna get on top oh my <laughs> um i also really like how they introduce um the fight as almost like as a threat because it just walks right past you like you're so small you, it doesn't even bother looking at you and it walks away and it's just like the camera's shaking like stuff's rattling off of the walls and like dust is falling down and the birds are like flying around it and and if you uh like shoot it with an arrow or if you whistle it'll just slowly like kind of turn around and start walking towards you and then you're like oh Oh, I gotta fight this thing, and like you said, it's like you. How are you gonna kill this mountain? 
got to climb to the top first. Got to see where the weak point is. Put up your sword. That's the, and I I understand why they need a visual marker for the weak point. That's the only part of it that's kind of like immersion breaking. Video gamey. Because you like where else but it has to be though that you have to have that concession because otherwise the player is just going to be hacking at its life right because because well what's going to happen is you're going to either have the whole thing covered in stone so you can't damage it until you find the open spot to stab Mm. it to death which would be boring visually that might be as it's it's much more visually interesting to see like you know, stone like the stone gauntlets that the things would wear, and the yeah. stone armor that would go across its chest With and all stuff the fur like that, and stuff, and to, for you to climb on. So visually, it's a lot more interesting to see it that way. And if they didn't have that, if you didn't have those weak points, then a player could just stand at the bottom and just stab at the legs. It would right. take forever, but you could eventually take out the enemy yeah and you can kind of do that with the bow and arrow like you can slowly whittle way down their health i've d- i got a chunk down before i was gonna I say figured I, it out isn't but. it capped though like i think you can only do a certain amount is of it? damage with okay the bow before i didn't you have that. to hit the weak point yeah but so with that weak point it forces the player to literally explore explore their body no explore <laughs> climb the mount climb that that colossus and explore around it explore where you with on, on that colossus's body yeah where they, its weak point they are. are almost in and of themselves like parts of the environment mm-hmm. they're so there's some huge. of them that there wasn't there one that's like a tree or, or no it's up in a tree no i'm no. there was one i could have sworn that was like not quote-unquote part of the environment but it had like stuff growing i don't know I forget now. Um, I, I'm remembering one where I had to climb up and do like a tree canopy and fight it up top there. Hmm. It might have been the third one. I'm hold on. I'm going to look it up <laughs> while we're. Yeah. I'm not sure. But uh, let me see here. If, if this is this is the one I'm the thinking. The third of. one is the the really tall one I was talking about with the sword. Yeah, that thing. And you have to climb up. You have to run up the sword. Yeah. It's very anime-ish. It's super anime. And I love it. And you can either be super crafty with it because he has armor going around his arm. So you can't straight up climb up the arm. You can be really crafty with it and stay on the sword. And when he brings the sword back up, you can jump and use the momentum and get to his chest. Or there's that big like stone disc in the ground that if you lure him to that and he hits that with his sword, it'll crack the armor off and you mm-hmm. can climb that's up how it. I, that's how I beat him. Yeah. Uh, there's... There's just so much like the visually this game is just so interesting just mm. because the, the colossus are just so entertaining to look at. I think my favorite colossus is that first one because that's the first time where you're just oh god this is what this game's going to be. It's yeah. that it's that first moment of realization. And what is cool about it is it's not like that childhood wonderment that I'm talking about ended there. What I liked was after you had that the way they revealed and had you fight the other colossi kind of brought that back the next one i remember is the bird i think it's the fifth or sixth one i didn't quite understand it but i remember being like because it does these swooping patterns Mm -hmm. and i'm like i think it's telling me to jump on its wing but that can't be it because that thing would impale me it's going so fast yeah no that's what you're supposed to do i had to look that up just because i i was like there's no way like i'm not gonna (laughs) waste my time if this is not going to work yeah and have to die and run all the way back to that colossus because isn't because when you die i think you have to travel back to them you, right unless you save that one of the shrines yeah you got to go all the way back mm-hmm. but it's interesting like they give you this is one of the points i have actually for later on but they give you a lot of visual cues 
as to what you need to do. Like for that bird one, when it comes flying down, you can see on the front of its wings, there's there's a patch of fur. And you've established like mentally through the first couple, like, okay, fur means I can climb it. That's mm-hmm. how I get onto it. And on its wings, it has patches of fur. That's how I figured it yeah, out. That's yeah. What I was, yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, it, I, meant, I was just clarifying. I didn't see it on its chest. I saw it on its wings. Oh, did I say chest? I meant wings. I'm sorry. Same um, thing. Yeah, it comes yeah. like swooping down and like kind of skims the water and like, oh man. Visually, and then as you're flying with it, like you just see the wind going by and you're like having to crawl over yep. top and of it. That's when the music kicks in. Each Colossus has their own like boss music and that's one of the only times where you hear music in the game and they're all just so like and it's dynamic too it's only like if you're just fighting it and it's not if you're not on if you're not climbing it actively trying to find its weak spot Mm -hmm. then the music's not playing from what i remember yeah it it definitely is dynamic and like if you're running around and, and certain later ones will like be shooting stuff at you and like if there's danger happening it'll start to pick up a little bit and then once you actually get on top of it is when like it really the music swells and I love stuff like that. What are some of your favorite colossi? Mine, I mentioned mine was the the bird, and then also the first one. But like you mentioned, the treetop knight was one of yours. That was the third colossus. Yes, he's probably my favorite. Gaius, he's my favorite visually. I think just because he's so tall, and that's where you really get the scale of how he's like maybe two or three times taller than the first one. So you're like, holy crap! They keep getting bigger. Um, but in Actually, terms, I can tell you, I, they have the sizes here on the wiki. Oh wow, the wiki. How big is this boy? So the first one, uh, the Minotaur guy, mm-hmm. that guy is seventy-two feet tall, <laughs> or twenty-two meters for you non-American, or for the rest of the world, for you smart, uh, for yeah, people. for everyone who actually uses a, a good uh, measuring system, system. Of measurement. Then the Quadris, which is the second one, that's kind of like that bull-looking one, yep. or ram. Actually, it's got ram horns. That is a hundred. Oh, he's a mammoth. 108 feet. Jeez. And then the knight, which is the third Colossus, uh, Gaius, is 108 feet or 33 meters. Wow. Yeah. My, my favorite gameplay-wise isn't until the 13th Phalanx, which is that really long one in the desert, that flying one. Yes. That one was tough, too, because oh. that one, as you're flying, he's got, like, what, sand sacks? It's like, the, it's like <laughs> air sacks. And you have to shoot them with the bow and arrow. Yep, because you deflate the, like, balloons that he has on his body, and then he comes down real low, and then you have to basically, like, train car robbery, like, you have to jump from your horse, you have to ride alongside the thing's wings, jump from your horse onto it, and then you're climbing back up, and then it takes off into the sky again, and you're, like, looking down, like, holy crap. And isn't there one that goes like under the uh, in sand too? Yeah, there's like a sandworm one. There, there is a water one, like the eel. I don't one. like the eel one that oh, much. I like that one because it was like electrified, so mm-hmm. you had to make sure to stay away from the spines when they came out of the water, or else they'd shock you. I think it's this guy Hydrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yep. what you're talking about. He is 78 feet tall. Wow. Length is 316. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a yeah, eel, he's super right? long. Uh, that. I just think like the idea for it was such a good, I don't know. It it just, I, I still remember that sense of wonderment and like, mm. I don't think I'll ever forget that because it just, I don't think I've played a game other than that. And maybe horizon oh. with its visuals, horizons visuals like blew me away. Yeah. And that, that gave me that childlike sense of wonder too. But they, um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't, nothing really seems close to that feeling anymore just because it's 
the the feeling of climbing the colossi and the feeling of uh you know f- figuring out which one and everyone was so unique and you even mm-hmm. had a small one you had that kind of like that, there's like, two there, there's two small ones yeah. right i forget which ones they are but they you it's interesting because they throw a wrench in all your strategies because you can't climb those things. Yep. You have to find some way to almost knock them unconscious or knock them out or something like that. Yeah, the one that's like in this fire temple, you have to take a stick and like put it in the fire and then you shake the fire at it, which scares it, and then it falls off onto its back and like breaks the back armor, so then you can jump on top of it. And then there's another one that's like a small one that's like towards the end where it's running and you're on these pillars and it's smashing into the pillars and you're like the pillars are literally falling over and you're jumping from pillar to pillar and then eventually one like falls on him and breaks the again breaks the armor but i always thought it was weird that there's two like very small ones i almost like didn't like i liked the mechanics of figuring it out but i i didn't like that it was like what are so are these ones like hamsters to the other ones like i don't know it didn't feel as important i agree with that i it was kind of a weird I just remember coming across him like this is the this is the next Colossus. Yeah, I mean when you have that, I'm, that's another reason I'm glad they whittled it down to sixteen instead of forty eight. Yeah. Because at some point you're just gonna you're just gonna get repetitive. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna not everyone is gonna have such high quality. The, the fact that they were able to focus, the fact that they could they narrowed their focus to sixteen and there's still kind of some duds in there mm-hmm. was kind of. I'm gl- I'm glad they did not do the 48 they originally had pitched, Same. and even the 24 they originally intended. So it just I don't know. Um, so those were some of our favorite colossi, colossuses, colossuses. <laughs> uh, the overall atmosphere is something I. It's weird because I was like, going to go next. It's like it's some feels like something that you could talk forever about, but at the same time. There's almost nothing to say about it. It's because it, it, I don't know how to describe it. I feel mm. like you would be you could go on for a while. I could. So, <laughs> so let's hear what what it, the overall atmosphere is very. It's interesting. It's it's very lonely. It's lonely. Yeah, I'm on the same page there. Go on though. What, uh, are, you, what yeah, are you gonna say? It's it, there's this intense loneliness and something that's even like in the first off. I'll say, did you play or have you seen the PS4? remaster i have seen it i have not played it oh my god <laughs> freaking blue point they like they're doing the demon souls remake that looks amazing they this is on another level but one of the things that i do have slight issue with is in the remake for all of its absolute glory and splendor it doesn't have the quite hazy feel that the ps2 one did because on the PS2, there was a lot of bloom. Like, it was very, like, soft lighting everywhere. And it kind of felt ethereal. And it, it feels really like, from, from the moment that you, the camera follows Wander on the horse into the, they're called the Forbidden Lands. You come out of the little uh, cave or, or path through these giant rocks. And then the camera just, like, whoosh, gets blown out with this bright light. And it, it's that haziness kind of remains throughout the whole game, and it really feels like you're on some kind of ethereal plane that's not where he belongs. And it just it it feels so alive, and it feels so I don't know I don't, I don't know if I want to say alive because it feels like a memory almost. Yeah, I I agree. Saying it's alive wouldn't be the best thing because there's there's not a lot of life in that world other than the colossi. It's I mean, you still have the birds. 
and everything. But yeah, it feels very much like this is a world that has been long forgotten by mm-hmm. civilization. I don't want to say by time, because time is still, you know, happening. It's still ongoing there. Yeah. It just, it, it feels like a world. And actually, I mean, they really they really separate that section from the rest of the world because the bridge you ride in on mm. is towering above you. Yeah. There's a, and I think that was one of my favorite visually, like I thought it was visually striking that spot, how you would, you ride across this tower and it's just these f- large swaths of land, like just tower, not towering, but like all like just as far as the eye can see. And you're, it's in a valley. It's like this mm. weird cliff's edge that where the bridge is a part of to this temple and the temple's in the center of it. And it just feels very much like this is a land. It's like the, what is it from the Lion King? Not the pride lands. It's the, uh, the shadow lands. <laughs> Everything the light touches. Yeah. It's, but it, it feels about like that shadowy spot. It feels That's like New Jersey. You must never go there. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Kevin Smith's from New Jersey. That's true. There is one good thing. Jay and silent Bob, baby. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, it very much feels like that. The Shadowlands, and not, not from, not from Lion King, obviously, where that one was like everything was thorns and dying yeah. and everything. But it felt very much like this is a land where it's it's a sacred land. It's it's mm. a, or a cursed land. That's why it's called the Forbidden Lands. Uh, and it just, I mean, that makes sense. I, you know what? That makes a lot more sense now, <laughs> but it just, it, it really gets that whole vibe of just never being touched by man. Yeah. And the only thing that goes in to ruin it is you. Because you, yeah. you kill all of its inhabitants minus the birds and stuff like that. Yeah. But, and I think I, one of the reasons I don't want to go back to play it is because watching the Colossi die mm. and then, cause it, these are, Especially, especially after you know, especially after you know the ending, but even but even before that, you like I said, you get that feeling of like maybe what I'm doing isn't the right thing to do. Yeah, and it's really some sad. of the colossi are peaceful. You yeah. can walk up next to them and they mm-hmm. won't do anything, and you're killing them, and it feels so evil and wrong. Yeah. And you just I like going back to it now. I just feel guilty. Yeah. I feel I feel ashamed for playing <laughs> no <laughs> but I I do but not for playing the game but for the actions that the game requires you to yeah. take. and it's it it's kind of like it's talking about a it's like a cautionary tale where when you are blinded by your ambition or you are blinded mm. by some mission or purpose or something and you you are given and you have a chance to do what you've always wanted, but at the cost of everything, Hmm. what happens to you? Because, I mean, we can lead this into the spoiler at the end. Um, After you kill all the Colossi, after you finish it all up, you turn into one, right? Or something, or like a demon, essentially. Yeah, you kind of, because as you mentioned, every time you kill one, this like black, like, Cl- dust or dust cloud or, or smoke like smog comes out of it and like the and their bodies all turn like jet black too and it comes out of the body and it gives you i love that it gives you like 10 seconds to try to run away and and it always gets you no matter i what. try to run every it, single yep, time so it doesn't matter and it just it catches up to you and it scares you every single time and they just spear into you and you like spit up this like black dust and you pass out and it's you basically find out after you kill all 16 colossi that you were absorbing their souls because Dorman, Dorman was this entity, this deity maybe that was 
broken up into 16 parts because it was evil according to the the people that you know end up chasing you that they chase you to the the forbidden lands in the end and uh they're like you idiot they he tricked you into putting him back together and you he kind of takes over your body and then you play as that camera pulls back and you're just this giant scary hulking looking thing and you're like swiping guys left and right and it's showing like i said like this is what you've become now you yeah. let your ambition take turn you into something that you shouldn't be mm-hmm. that you never were intended to be and did you ever notice that his uh appearance changes very gradually like yeah 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 I think yeah so. so like every few colossus you kill colossi you kill like he gets dark bags under yes. his eyes his skin gets pale there's like just a dirtiness to him and just like a darkness i remember that and it's so subtle and, and the statues blow up the there's statues yeah. of all the 16 colossi and they explode after mm-hmm. each ton yeah Ugh. and it just and then at the very end uh because i believe mono or i think her name's mono right or mm-hmm. Or whatever the girl's name is that you you're you brought there, she comes back to life and I, she finds you and you are just a kid now, right? Yeah. So like the the guys that come to to try to stop you are I assume like from the same village because they show some kind of familiarity with you and they're like, oh, you dumb idiot! Like, why did we told you not to come here? And the um, the leaders like this shaman looking guy um, named like Iman or something, and he goes to like that pool and he he does some kind of spell like a, a last ditch effort sealing spell again to reseal Dorman slash you who has become Dorman and it starts pulling you in and the gradually like the the black smoke is being pulled off of you um to the point where you basically become um wander again and you're just like like the wind is pulling you and pulling you and you're running against it and you can hang on to the like the stairs and stuff and like, your body's like being pulled like hurricane force winds and it pulls you into it and then the credits roll and you're like what and then i think after the credits um it just shows uh mono waking up and then the aggro we didn't even talk about Uh. the final when you're going to the final colossus Oh, this made me cry so hard the first and every time. Once again, Aggro is your horse that you've been with for the entirety of the mm-hmm. game. You have dodged many a Colossi foot on while riding <laughs> Aggro. Yeah. Um and he's he's your faithful servant. He's yeah. with he's pretty much like a like he doesn't, you know, behave like a dog, but his loyalty is that of a dog. Yeah. And it just it's just constantly he's constantly coming back for you. He's constantly you very much like you gain that relationship with Yorda and Eco, mm. you gain that relationship with Agro. You gain more of a relationship more so with your horse <laughs> than when you do with the girl you're trying to save. <laughs> I know. Well, um, well, you're spending all the time on Agro. Yeah. yeah. They give you a designated button to pet Agro when you're riding him. You can push circle and you just, <laughs> it's just like, oh, you could pet the horse. But um, yeah, on the last Colossus, you're jumping over this bridge. And it's starting to collapse and he bucks you off to the other side and he just falls down this huge ravine and it's heartbreaking every single time. I remember that now. I yeah. for, I blocked that from my memory because I was... <laughs> I don't blame you. <sighs> oh, no. <laughs> Dead look in his eyes. Anyone who's listening on audio, please go to the Experience uh, Point YouTube page and just watch Josh's re- soul leave his body thinking about aggro. 
But it's okay because after the credits, Mono wakes up. She's looking around. And then she hears like a little like. And Agro comes trotting up. He's limping. He's very badly hurt. And she kind of like pets him. And then uh, they walk to the pool where you were getting sucked into. And everything becomes full circle because she finds a little baby with horns on his head. Which leads you to think that mm-hmm. that's your eco. That yeah, you, you would think, or you're at least, and I starting wonder, the generational boys being born with horns in that, in that won- village. I wonder, is she Yorda's mother? Oh, you find out later. She's had to watch so many boys be sacrificed that mm. she, I don't know why she decides to possess her daughter because of that, <laughs> but I'm sure there's some reason. Yeah. I it, wonder if Last Guardian some... ties in with that. I, I, neither of us, I've played Last Guardian, you haven't yet. I've not. I, I, um, and, maybe but neither of us demo, have beaten it yet. Yeah. I, I don't think anything, I mean, I'm sure there's little Easter eggs and stuff, but it's really Eco and Shadow of the Colossus that have the most um, connectivity. Connectivity, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is inferred that a lot of time has passed since um shadow classes time because it, it, there's like differences in like the architecture and stuff and 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 the fact that in eco they say like you know this is for the good of the village like you're clearly not the first boy to be born with horns but it's just that that connective tissue and that twi- I, I still think it's one of the best twists endings and in media ever i think you can kind of see it coming a little bit um sorry i just want to make sure i'm actually talking into this stupid thing (laughs) i think you can kind of see it coming a little bit it just it it still doesn't but it doesn't lessen the impact yeah i remember when that happened and because you kind of know what's going to happen you know something bad's going to happen that's i think that's why it wasn't as strong of a twist because it's not like it came out of nowhere but the thing is though is that you know something bad's going to happen but you don't know what, yeah, and you don't know why it's going to be bad. But you got, and like you said, they do that subtle thing of changing Wander's appearance, so mm-hmm. that way you, even if you're not conscious of it, they are subliminally. I don't know if subliminally, but like subtly. foreshadowing, subtly foreshadowing for you that shit's going south, and you need to like something's going to happen. You you just wait. Yeah, playing it again, or rather watching Driana play it because. I was like, when in preparation for this episode, not that I was unfamiliar with this game because this was probably my fifth time <laughs> beating it, but I wanted to show it to Adriana because she had never played it. So she went through it and I didn't tell her anything and she sort of figured out something was amiss, but then by the end was like, oh no. Did like, you cry? No. She doesn't have a soul in it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, but it was, she figured it out because she's older and a lot of things have done that kind of trope but for me back in 2005 when this came out i was oh like, yeah and that might have been 15. one of the first times that you experienced it yeah i was like holy like it blew my mind and i was like i was like the villain all along like ah <laughs> you know and and that's when you really start to think about like yeah it is really sad and almost like mournful and regretful music whenever you kill one and it's like that, like, uh, and, and it, it goes in slow motion. They're just falling. Yeah, and they just the, look. the giant. It it feels very much like a hero falling in battle. Yeah, that's how that's how they film the colossi dying. It's a hero falling in mm-hmm. battle. At least that's how I've always interpreted yeah. it. Yeah. Um. One thing before we go before we talk about the controls of the game because I <laughs> feel like the controls are. I mean, 
Yeah, before we talk about the controls game, one last thing about Colossi. Did you ever hear about the urban myth of the 17th Colossus? I have a lot to say about this. Do you, okay, perfect. Yes. So then you know more about it than I do, so we will talk about that at the very end because I think okay. that's a really interesting that's a, thing to close off that's the That's a great thing with. to end on. Yeah, yeah, right. So um, let's talk about the controls then. Okay. I, I, the reason, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, just because I didn't know if you knew about the 17th Colossus, so that's why I was like, well, I don't know mm-hmm. that much, and I, I know more about the controls, so we should end with something that yeah, we can talk more about. Yeah, you don't want to end on but, that. <laughs> but I, I was like, it's not optimal, But we're, we're, so we'll go with that. The controls are fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it works in some aspects, and others it doesn't. I actually, I, I think you have to hold X for grip, right? Uh, uh, R1. R1. So... You you have to hold a button to grip, and you have to hold it every time for as long as you're gripping. Mm-hmm. You have a stamina meter, which is pretty, which I thought was kind of interesting the way they did it. The circle. It was just a circle that shrunk, and as it like you had a circle, like a dotted line of a circle, and there was it was filled up with red, like this kind of like light red. Mm-hmm. And as you gripped more, the red would the red circle within the dotted line would shrink. So once it got down to nothing, or the circle would disappear, yeah. then you then your grip's gone. So you have to figure out a ways to manage climbing the Colossi and making sure you manage your grip, knowing when it's okay to let go of yep. the Colossus. Because that, I think, is one of the scariest mm-hmm. mechanics is because there are times when you have to let... Like, the Colossus will try to shake you off. Oh, yeah. And it's terrifying because you'll you'll grip, and he just flings Wander like a <laughs> fucking ragdoll. Yeah. He is all over the place. And you're like 50 feet in the air sometimes. Yeah. So you have to find ledges that you can stand up on or be okay just like letting go and hoping that you're mm-hmm. going to be okay and you can catch yourself later on. Yeah. So you have to find places for your stamina to recharge at times and you have to know when to do that because he'll try to fl- he the colossus will try to yep. fling you off. Can I actually real quick talk about an interesting theory involving why cuz did you ever notice how like if you jump off a huge cliff and like obviously the death boundary ones kill you because you yeah, can't yeah. just jump down to the bottom of the map but like if you jump off a cliff or fall off a colossus you take very little damage and somebody said or i saw like a reddit post or something that was like proposed this theory that was like what if the forbidden lands are so like removed and are, are in this entire plane of existence of their own that they have a different like physics behave almost differently there because it basically proposed like what if the gravity is lower there to accommodate these gigantic stone beasts that are walking around because if you had normal gravity they'd be hardly able to move so unless they were just really strong maybe but uh, but some of them are like like there's that one that looks like a llama like a pinata and it has those really spindly legs like you feel like that would crush under the but weight. if it's made out of stone yeah i mean stone can be brittle but uh, the more i read about it and, and thought about it like there's a lot that's a cool idea no, i'm not backs it up because yeah. like he like when he jumps he's very floaty like he kind of like almost like you almost feel like your stomach rising up into your throat like you're on a like a roller coaster or something every time he jumps because he kind of like it's very floaty and like he he like trips over stuff because it, it seems like he's kind of awkward and, and almost doesn't feel like he he flails fits. a lot. Yeah, he flails, he flails a, lot a lot and like it, it feels like he doesn't quite belong there. So I, I always found that interesting and, and thought that was kind of a cool little thing that may or may not be intentional. But if not, it's a cool it head. It seems like a I, uh, see, I would go the opposite way. It's like it's 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 a cool idea, but I don't know if it's like. 
I don't know. I think it's kind of like a really weird thing to be like, what if it has different gravity guys? Like, it just sounds sounds silly. Not gonna lie. I, I it's weird because it's like I don't I don't want to like trash it because I don't think it's like a bad idea. But yeah. at the same time, it's not like it's this groundbreaking fan theory. No, it's just it's not like you know, Dorman was your dad all along <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I can send it to you. They're like there. There was more than okay. just what I said, but it's 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 interesting. Something cool to think about. Um, but you were talking about the the grip meter, and one of my few gripes with this game is I really wish that there was no heads up display or no UI. They tried to go as minimalistic as possible with it, but I know, yeah. But they could have like Eco has nothing. Like there's no nothing cluttering the screen, uh, and and colossus there's the grip meter which if you remove that all you like they basically could have removed everything and just done audio cues and visual cues like you can see him like getting weaker and like his grip kind of giving I, out do you think they would have been able to do that on the ps2 though to show that level of detail on the ps2 because that's yeah. one of the, that's one of the things like one of the hardest things on the ps not even just the ps2 but when older consoles when you want that when you want to do stuff like that, that's a little bit more difficult because it's it's hard to show that level of detail in it, you know? Mm. So I, I wonder if they just weren't able to or something like that because it's, I don't know, because to, to, to shake, even if they could do that on a technical level, mm. visually, would it have would it have translated onto the screen, you know? Because well, it was audio that was, things remember, they could do too. Like audio, you, you I could think hear you, him panting heavier when he's about to let go type of thing. That's fair. As long as they introduce it to you. I think the problem is, is that it's like with that type of thing, when it's a mechanic that's so core to the gameplay, mm. having something subtle that's something very core, having a subtle tell on how to manage that core mechanic doesn't always work. You yeah. have to, you have, that has to be like, I could picture maybe gamers you know, designers and gamers, you know, years down the line who have more and more and more experiences in the language of video games. Because that's a that's a that's a very common thing in game designers, the language of video games Mm. and how video game designers pretty much manipulate you to do (laughs) what they want you to do. Bioshock does a lot of stuff like that where they kind of call into questioning like um, because the, the the whole game, you have you played Bioshock the original? Uh, I never beat it, but I, I did play it. Uh, there's basically the villain of the game at one point, or one, there's a big plot twist where you kill someone. I won't say who it is, but they say a man, a man chooses a slave obeys, <laughs> and the whole game you're kind of being manipulated into going places and doing things so when you have to take this person out and they start chanting at you a man chooses a slave obeys it's kind of poking fun at you in a really fucked up way because you're being manipulated into doing what these game designers want you to do and it's it's interesting because i mean that's making it sound much more sinister than (laughs) what video games actually are but it's it is something to think about how you, video games are designed in a way to manipulate the player into doing what the game needs it to do in order yeah. to function. Now, obviously, you can go against that, but it kind of ruins the fun of the game. Yeah. Like there's there's a um, perfect example. I, when I was taking, I was in college, and one of my one of I took, you know, I was in the game design program at my college, mm-hmm. and my teacher was saying like they had a bunch of people who never played a video game before who didn't know this language, and he didn't. I don't think he was talking about video game language necessarily. But they had him in Grand Theft Auto, 
and they were driving cars mm-hmm. and they stopped at every stoplight, put on turn <laughs> signals, turned the turned around. Like they followed the traffic laws in yeah. Grand Theft Auto. And they just did that. They drove around the city <laughs> following traffic laws. They didn't have that um they didn't have that knowledge of the language of video games. So when you have something in, during on the PS2 era, 2005, and even now, mm. I feel like you can't be that subtle right now. And maybe at some point we could people could be that subtle with how they relay um, game mechanics and how they relay uh, different meters through sound and through through visual. Because I I agree that would be really cool. I mean, even in Breath of the Wild, there's like. If if Link is too hot and he's taking fire damage, he's panting and he's turning red. And if he's too cold, he's like shivering and like you can see that he's taking the damage. So I I also feel like if anyone could kind of break the mold of mental models of what you expect from games, it's you know Team Ico. Like I almost want to see if there's a mod out there that can just like remove the HUD and see if you could still play it because like the only things that are on screen are the grip. The weapons, when you change weapons, which obviously, duh, he pulls out his sword, you push it again, he pulls out his bow, you push it again, he puts it away. And like the health bars on the enemies. So you stab the enemy, it's bleeding, it's getting hurt. Maybe the the sigil that you're stabbing like gets brighter or more dull every time you stab I do, him. I do see that, but that's not necessarily that subtle. Like a, a, a brighter sigil is very, that's a very, that's a, that's a light that's going on. And game designers use that all the time. Even if you go back to, um, like Half-Life, right? Mm-hmm. Half-Life 2. They The way game designers, when they give you open world spaces, how do they... One of the biggest challenges is trying to determine how do you know where to go? And Shadow did it in a very interesting... We didn't even with talk about that. With yeah, the sword. briefly. They did it in a really interesting organic way that kind of worked. Um, yo, another connection to Eco, mm. the sword. Yeah, I don't think it's the same sword. It's it's not the same sword, but it's uh, there is a sword, <laughs> a uh, magic sword. Uh, but so, but in like you know, in they a lot of times they use light to to, to direct your eyes. So mm-hmm. something will be brighter in one section versus the other. I mean, if you look at Uncharted, even they have the platforms that you can climb up on brighter. Like yeah. it, there's like there, there's yellow tinges of it, or it's like it'll be moss covered except for the areas that you can grip where the rock is bare. So visually, yeah. you see dark green and then this bright light brown. Or horizons like yellow, the red ropes grass, or too. yeah, or the red grass, the, the shows yellow you ropes. That. You're right, the yeah. yellow ropes or the red grass. So it gives you these visual indicators, mm-hmm. very clear visual indicators as to where you can go and then you know game designers now try to incorporate the heads-up display stuff into the story like horizon does with the focus yeah, that's or cool. um trying to think halo like halo does with master chief's visor mm-hmm. uh metroid prime does with samus's visor so on and so forth there was one of the splinter cell games where the text would show up like on the walls and stuff of the game did you ever play that Which series? Game? I Plunder think it was, I want to say it was Conviction or no, Double I, Agent. I, it's funny because a fr- friend of the show, Erica, she is a huge Splinter Cell mm. fan, and she's been trying to get me to play them for a while. She actually she gave me a bunch of original Xbox games, and she gave me all the Splinter Cell oh, wow. games, and they're I have good. not tried them yet. So yeah. I, I need to I need to give it a shot because they're coming out with a Splinter Cell VR game. Oh, that'd yeah. be cool. I don't know when, but huh. it's on Oculus though, so I don't nice. know. I want to play Oculus. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so we were talking about, um, the controls to get get back to that. Um, 
yeah, you said like they're okay, but kind of going back to like Wander feels like kind of awkward. He's not a soldier. Like, so I kind of, and he's also like completely out of his element. Like he has to basically slay mountains as we've <laughs> discussed. Yes. So I actually kind of like that the controls are a little bit, not weird, like, but they take a bit of getting used to. So like you holding the button down to keep yeah. your grip up. Like I love that because you're like, my finger's getting tired. Well, imagine what his hands feel like. I, I d- see. And that's the thing where it's like, I think the controls aren't good in the sense of they're not intuitive, but mm. they are good in the sense that they are immersive. Yes. So it's not, you know, they, it, it's not easy to pick up. It's not easy to learn the controls of this game, which is, it can be a flaw because when you don't feel in control, what the, the game is a lot less fun. But like you were saying, like you have to hold R1 the whole time. So you, your, your finger does get tired having yeah. to do that for so long because, like you said, what must his arms feel like? <laughs> yeah. Having to climb these giant freaking mountains of fur and fur stone. And stone. Yeah, or like the every game now has the dodge roll on square. So rather than having just you push a button to dodge, you have to crouch and then push jump and then you know you'll do. Is your that what it is in this? Yeah, you I forgot to, that you you crouch and maybe it's not jump. Maybe it's. Just I don't X. think I really used the crowd the dodge roll often. Oh, well, actually, you know what? Maybe I think I did. I don't remember. It's been it's been <laughs> like eight years since I played it or so. Oh man, I would highly. If you couldn't tell how much I love this game, no, it's a good definitely game. play the PS4 remaster. It is gorgeous. Like it's not just like oh they took the old one and they made it look good. Like Do they you have did it on, on physical. Could I borrow it? I don't. Yeah. I know I'm always so into physical games, but I I think oh you know what it was free for PS Plus. Oh, okay. That's why I have okay. it. Um, but I don't know if they made a physical one of that. Yeah, I'm, they I'm did. Sure they did. Yeah, they did. I I I saw it. Okay, I, I don't own it, but. Yeah, I know that's surprising with my collection. I know, I but know. I, I newer games are just more expensive. I, I like to I find old games that are like ten bucks and find something weird to talk about. Yeah, but, but but yeah, it's it's not like the PS3 one where they're like, oh, this looks better than I remember. It's like ground up, completely. Oh no, I've seen videos of it. It looks beautiful. Oh, it's unbelievable. It looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, but sticking with the controls, last thing I have to say about that is um, something that I really like. As frustrating as it is, and I'm pretty sure I'm alone on this island, is aggro, the horse, is not always responsive. And that was actually intentional because they didn't want him to feel like a mode of transportation. And they succeeded. He feels like a character. You, you, well, yeah, because you like you saw my face when I yep. remember him dying. I was like, just going to say. That, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it still it hurts like, me right here. You build this bond up with, with this character, this horse... And he behaves like a horse. Like when you get off of him, he kind of wanders around. He doesn't always like, you know. He's not right up on you like yeah, a, like a video game horse. You would. have to like whistle for him, and um, and even like if you're going towards like a rock or something, he'll start to veer off preemptively before you even push anything. Which some people, Drown included, were getting frustrated at because it's like, what? It's not. I'm pushing a button in this video game, and it's not doing what i want and it's almost like have you ever tried to ride a horse like sometimes they're they're animals they're thinking creatures they don't always do exactly what you want and i really like that they that they did that it's good for immersion but not good for gameplay kind of like the controls yeah yeah there's definitely arguments it's good for immersion but not necessarily good for gameplay and bad gameplay can break your more immersion but it can also 
I don't know, assist with it in a sense. Cause like you, like for example, I love um, the Uncharted games, but Uncharted lost, not lost legacy, uh, Golden Abyss for the Vita. There's a lot of times where you have to like, you the game will stop and you find these artifacts and you have to literally dust them off using the touch screen. Oh, that's cool. It's immersive and it, that it's a bad, but it's a bad gameplay mechanic. It mm-hmm. helps with the immersion because you feel like you're, you know, you're, and then use the bottom touch screen, touchpad to like rotate the the treasure so you can dust it off with the top one and rotate That's it with cool. the bottom one. It was kind of cool, but it also broke the immersion of the game a lot. But it kind of, or it but broke the immersion it. of that. Yeah. So it's like, it's bad. It wasn't fun. It was cool the first time, but after they make you do it like <laughs> six or more, like, like I mean, 15 yeah. to 20 times, you're kind of like, Oh my god, I get it. It's one of those things where it's like it takes you out of the immersion because of what it is, but then you're like, "Oh man, that's so cool." And it almost like it makes you appreciate it more, which then I guess kind of immerses you more. I like, there's I, a, I like design stuff like that where they try something different. Yeah. They try to find a unique way to immerse you. Have you played um uh Phantom Hourglass at all? The Zelda Yes, DS I did. Game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the part where you have to like you have to transfer there's like something on the top screen that's on the that you need it's like a stamp or something that you have to get on your map you literally flip the ds you have to close the ds and and it like actually stamps it there like that blew my mind when i played that they also did stuff in that game where you had to like you had it you had the guy wanted you to shout for a good deal yeah i when i was playing that i was on an airplane And so in, in, in uh, Phantom Hourglass, Zelda Phantom Hourglass, you're supposed to, you meet this merchant, he wants you to shout, make a lot of noise for a yeah. good deal, so he'll give you a good discount. And I was on an airplane, so I can't just yell into this thing for, you know, like 30 seconds. Did you just blow into it? I just, no, I didn't do that. What mm. I did was I put my finger over where the mic was, and I just went like, <laughs> I just like. It's just, <laughs> hey, hey, yell. <laughs> I, well, that's, I don't know I don't if that's going to come through. I, I, well, that might be really bad. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I made, I like just, I just rubbed over top of it really fast and it did, it worked. Yeah. And then, the, and I was like, oh, awesome. I, I, I cheated the system. And then the guy has the audacity to be like, you know, you don't have to yell. You could have just like blown into it or like clapped <laughs> or like right. snapped your fingers right into the microphone. And it, and he even says something like, you look really stupid just yelling at him. Like, <laughs> you son that. of a bitch. Like trolling yeah, me like that. I was playing late at night when that happened. And I was like, I'm not just going to yell and wake up my whole house. So I just was like, <laughs> just into the mic. And I was like, wow, you could have just blown into it. And I was like, that's what I did. <laughs> Thanks for coughing right into my face. I coughed into your my elbow, not your elbow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got the Rona now. Uh, no, it's it's the 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 Bona. I don't know. Oh my! Uh, I'm going <laughs> to cut that. <laughs> no, leave it in. No, leave it in. No, leave the Bona in. <laughs> anyway, video games are fun. Uh, yes, they are. Um. All right, uh, so let's talk about the seventeenth Colossus. Yes, let's, I want I want to hear what you know about this. So while you're looking, while you're getting your notes ready for yeah, it, yeah, I'm just making sure I, there's nothing that I haven't said. The seventeenth Colossus is an urban legend, oh. a, a gaming urban legend. Yes, but before we get into that, the the last thing I wanted to say, and I was going to say this about the world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So remember when I said that there's like tiny subtle clues like visually that lead you to things? I didn't notice it until this most recent playthrough um, that there's like certain, there's like, there'll be like a red flower or something. Just something so small that'll visually like guide your eye to this area. And it's like, oh, if I go where this is, 
then the thing will slam into the pillar underneath me and I'll drop, you know, the whole platform onto its head. Or there's like doves that'll be like near a slightly hidden cave entrance that you'll you'll see them kind of fly down and land there. And it'll just kind of very subtly like guide your eye to where you need to go or like that hawk that flies around <laughs> that you can actually jump up and grab have you ever done that no you can do you know what i'm talking about the, the hawk i think so yeah, yeah yeah it usually follows you from the the main temple whenever you're leaving you can actually if you like go up a hill as it's coming down just right you can jump off of the horse and grab onto the hawk and it's kind of like the chickens or the cuckoos in zelda like it'll slowly like bring you back down to the ground which i thought was just a funny little thing like why would you add that in you can do that to fish too. There's like fish swimming in some you of the water levels. You can grab a fish midair and float down with it. <laughs> yeah, whenever That's there's impressive. a flying fish. No, there's like certain underground areas where there'll be like water. You can dive under and there'll be like big fish that you can just grab onto the back of and it just kind of... Really? Will, they don't yeah. try to eat you? No, they don't. Right, it's cool. just a cool little thing. Um, But the last thing I want to say about like the world and like the loneliness of it, I, I think like a huge portion of why you feel that is because there's really clever things that they do with the camera where like if you're going towards like a huge mountain or something the camera will really subtly like pull out and to the side and like wander and the horse are like just kind of down in the corner a little bit allowing you to just get a full view of like this gorgeous but like barren and sad landscape and and that's always stuck with me and that was also another thing that People sometimes say like, oh, the camera is kind of annoying, but I'm like, dude, I love it. I didn't have an issue with the camera. I thought you could control it pretty easily. You can, but it's like typically video games are, I'm in the center of the screen at all times because I'm important and I'm the main character. And this game is like, no, like you're a small insignificant speck. (laughs) Like it's, it's all about the world and it's about these gigantic creatures. I didn't have an issue with the camera at all. Hmm. I, I think the overall controls, you know, I had some issue with, but overall, it would, I no, I think it was fine. That's weird. Yeah. That's an interesting criticism. Yeah. Um, okay. The seventeenth Colossus. So, so it's an urban legend. It's a. It's a. It's been found out later that it's not doesn't actually because you can you know break th- into the code and whatnot. Yeah. And it's like the reason it. There was a there was an urban legend through a lot of stuff that which I'm sure you'll explain that mm. there was a 17th Colossus somewhere in the game somewhere hidden in the game world and there was like years of of blogging and fan mm-hmm. fan posting and like theories and theory crafting and there's like years and years of years. just information of people trying to figure out where this 17th Colossus is and it's kind of a bummer that it didn't it doesn't actually exist in the game I mean it kind of exists because they had the other 24 they had 24 colossuses and colossi and 48 and originally 48 but yeah so there's concepts of them but i don't think anything's concrete actually like in the game no there's nothing in the game which is kind of a bummer but yeah but 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 leading up to it was really cool yeah they they the way that they handled this was was so cool so just like a schoolyard like rumor like you can get Mew in Pokemon if you push that truck over underneath SSN like rumors started to spread that there was a secret colossus that was not somewhere hidden in the game either like inaccessible because of like actual programming stuff or like some people thought you had to open this door but basically there was like you said there's there's pages and pages of of this one thread Uh, on some forum where people tried for years to find like the secret colossus and and through it they found a bunch of like other unused stuff like there's 
people were going into like clipping into walls and stuff and finding like big portions of unfinished um like areas of like waterfalls and like other temples and but no one ever found uh, the 17th the 17th colossus, colossus. But somehow, this uh, someone called um, that should have been the tagline for the episode. <laughs> this I is found this. this is the not I ride horses. Yeah, um, I still like mountains. Mountain, yeah. <laughs> some mountains are slain. Some mountains are uh, oh, scale. Scale others, others are, are slain. slain. Yeah. So this user on this forum named Nomad Colossus came up with this thing called the theory of intersecting points. And I, I don't know how they came up with it, but basically it, it was like there's cave like etchings and like little hieroglyphs and stuff that basically showed you where these four points are on the map and where they intersect. There's this huge door that was hidden like really deep into the game. Like they're, they're this, the map is actually really big. It's and, and huge. You, you yeah. barely touch it going to even through all the colossi. And there's tons of just empty space. And basically, they found this gigantic door. And that started a whole thing. Like, oh, that's where it is. That's where the Colossi is. Or Colossus is. Colossi? I don't know. Whatever. Colossi. Colossus. Colossi would be multiple. Colossi is. Is multiple Colossus. Multiple, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Because we always did the, the, the singular thing. Yeah, the joke. Yeah. Singular. Singular. Multiple singular. Multiple single things. <laughs> or just multiple things. <laughs> so... There's this door. People are trying to figure out how to open it. They're trying to glitch through it. Like nothing's working. Um, and it becomes like this this whole movement. And then the, you know, nothing, basically nothing came of it. Until um, the, I guess the, the developers caught wind of this nomad Colossus person who like basically broke the game and, and like found all this stuff, but never a, never a Colossus. So, um, what they did in the PS4 remake, um, when when you beat the game, the credits roll, and at the very end, in the special thanks, it says special thanks to Nomad Colossus and the 79 Steps of Enlightenment. So people were like, what is that? I haven't heard of this part, <laughs> yeah. actually. The 79 this is where Steps it gets, of Enlightenment. Okay. Like, slightly getting chills now because I'm a huge nerd and I love this game. They hid... 79 little points of light or they're basically they call them coins because when you collect one it just kind of goes like ding, but it's really just a little tiny glowing spot on the ground in, in only the ps4 remake when you get and they're they're hidden in every corner of the world like there's almost it's probably really them. hard to find they, they well, are literally almost 80 because it's 79 yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go on. I, I almost like i only found i didn't go on a huge hunt for them because I, I knew what it was that, that you did, and I didn't feel like spending all the time to find them. But I, I found some of them just through casual play. And they don't tell you what they are. Um, and you basically, when you find them all, the door opens. That door that Nomad Colossus found, it opens up, and there's like a sword in there that, like, I don't know if it does more damage or something, but it's like, it's just a really nice little button that they. That's they pretty put awesome. in there to tie up that whole thing, just kind of as a reward for the fans, and I think that's just so cool. It's, it's so I, I didn't know about the Seventeenth Colossus when I did my top ten like gaming urban legends or something oh. like that. I did I did a gaming urban legends video. I did like Polybius, or you ever heard of Polybius? No. 
Oh, that's a good one. Uh-oh. Um, Googling some of Matt. some of them are spooky pastas, like oh, yeah. like Ben drowned and oh Ben the Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's 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 a good spooky uh, creep, not spooky. I'm sorry, creepy, creepy pasta. pasta. Not spooky pasta. That's his that's his twin cousin. Spooky pasta is the his you, twin cousin. You, <laughs> I was gonna say spooky pasta is when you go to the store and they have like black and orange pumpkin shaped <laughs> yeah. pasta. <laughs> uh, no, but um, real quick, Polybius is an arcade is a gaming urban legend it's an arcade cabinet hmm. and it was believed to have existed in the 80s where it was in uh, mainly a seattle it was like originally thought to be in the seattle area um there was an arcade there basically the these men in like suits these black in these black suits wheeled in this arcade cabinet and they would come in periodically to check on it and there was reports of kids like having seizures after playing it or like passing oh. out after playing for like two minutes it's like or, the lavender town music or thing. like going or or um so even some reports of people dying from it and it was there was some <laughs> because people were like since it looked like government agents were coming in to like get readings off of this machine, and so people were wondering, is this like some type of experiment, like mind control, or oh, what the is heck? it? There's a lot. There's a lot of theories as to what it is, and then this is it, some Stranger Things, and nonsense. then it just disappeared, and uh, there's no evidence of ever finding a Polybius cabinet. What? Yeah, it's just it's an urban legend. That's so weird. There's a lot of crazy stuff on it. Now, I wonder if it's like a, a it's Mandela not, effect. There, there. It did. There's been stuff that's come out about it since, where it's most likely a conflation of a lot of different random events that have turned into a story that aren't actually connected. Mm. So, for example, there is a kid that died playing an arcade game, but he was there for like over 72 hours and didn't drink Jeez. water, so he just died from like not drinking water. Buddy, Street like Fighter can wait. Yeah, it was stuff like there was stuff like that. Like that was pretty much. I mean, what a way to go, right? That was probably the hell of the last 72 <laughs> hours of your life or something like that. I, I beat Shao Kahn. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but then there's other ones of, you know, kids passing. I think one was kid, a kid passing out, maybe not dying, maybe yeah. just passing out because of that same reason though. Um, and the reason why you would have people coming in in suits is because Seattle was a test market for a lot of arcade games. So it wouldn't yeah. be surprising to have employees of those arcade companies coming in and getting readings to test stuff out. So there's a lot of things that could explain away. That's it's not much, as fun of a story. Much though. more realistic things. But yeah. Polybius is a really good urban, hmm. the gaming urban legend. I have to look into that. Um, that's, that's a fun one. They're actually Half Life Three is also a gaming urban legend. <laughs> yeah. It, it, some say Gabe Newell has it in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Gabe Newell probably has a lot of things in his basement. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Have you seen guy. the guy? Yeah, come on. He seems like a good guy. I'm sure he is. But, um, so no, it's a, it's a, but I, I like the idea of like gaming urban legends. I like the fact that there are such a thing. Like, yeah. Uh, the fact that the 17th Colossus went as long as it did. And I think the hundreds f- of pages on this forum. And I, I think for what's years. crazy too is that somebody found a secret door like yeah. how cool must that have been and like it those people must have felt like they were hacking the nsa or something like that <laughs> yeah. like oh my god we I'm broke in. the code we're <laughs> yeah. in and then they find this door and it's nothing, nothing. <laughs> like it's just, i know it's such geez. a bummer but it's such a cool idea though like yeah. it, it's, but if they were rewarded in the end they were i love that well, that guy, that one guy, was rewarded. He was credited. He was, but yeah. It was, but it was definitely he did the, the sum, most of the work. But it was definitely the sum of the community's parts. Oh, like yeah. They they put a lot of the work into it to make it what it was, to make that urban legend what it yeah. was. And it's while it's a bummer that it doesn't actually exist, it's still cool that it's 
it's just one of those things where it's like that's an era of gaming that I'm sure something like like it will come again, but like it's there there's there's some there's some really cool stuff like that. Actually, I have a couple. I'll, I'm going to look up some other ones for you that I had on that episode because there is some, or you should listen yeah. to it. There's some really yeah. creepy ones. There is like one I can't remember the name of the game anymore, but basically it was like an old PC game, and it gave once you beat it, it gave coordinates, and you like if you could, be, no one could beat the game except one guy did, and when he went there, there was a dead body there and oh, stuff like geez. that. And I I think that was a creepy pasta as yeah. well. I don't remember. But it, there's some really wow. there's some really good ones out there. Yeah, you talk about like that era of gaming, and and I was gonna like ask you this in the eco episode, but do you, like I'm trying to think. Obviously, these games like inspired a lot of a lot of things. Not quite like I, I see a lot of Shadow of Colossus in the world of Dark Souls. I see obviously Titan Souls is basically 8-bit or 16-bit Shadow of Colossus, but I don't think any game has really come close to the same kind of feel. Like that sense of wonder obviously comes back in things yeah, like Horizon yeah. and Breath of the Wild, but I've not since played a game that made me feel the same way that Shadow of Colossus well, did. Sense or or of, Eco. And the matter. sense of wonder is relative to the experience. Like I had a sense of wonder from Horizon Zero Dawn, but it was nowhere near the extent I got from this game. Yeah. Like and it's a different flavor entirely. It's just when it's that I think for now, for me as an adult now, what gives me that sense of wonder is when a game promises something and then delivers in it in a way that you weren't expecting to live up to your expectations. Mm. So perfect example, um, Breath of the Wild to an extent, uh, just because when it said you can go anywhere, you literally can go anywhere in that game. With this game, when people, when you told me, yeah, you're climbing these colossi, I'm like, oh, okay. But normally, like I said, when <laughs> games tell you that, they find I, I think back to Halo. Halo 2, when you have mm. to climb on the scarab. Yeah. And it's a cool moment, but the way you climb up on the scarab is that you just find a bridge and you don't it's not as impressive. It is a cool it's cool when it happens in the game, but it's not as like wondrous because you're not following the scarab like trying to like hunt it down through buildings and like yeah. keeping an eye on it through windows like you would see in an action movie. Oh, that would be and really then cool. you jump down on top of it. But in Shadow Colossus, you you would scale that scarab. You yeah. would find a way to climb up that, and whether it was just like finding some like like some rock, some tower to jump off onto on the top of it, or um, as we saw with the flying one, you know, mm. wait for it to swoop down so you could grab onto the. But it just the that was so. I when I played that. And I saw that no, you are literally climbing it. Like yep. you, you are doing the exact thing. It felt real. Yeah. It felt like if I saw that Colossus in real life, and I had to climb up and and put a sword in its fontanelle. <laughs> That's awful. That's so bad. That's what it was in the first one. It's like yeah. right the soft spot. Yeah. The top. It's so fucked up. It is. Are these all children? You gotta. St- oh no. <laughs> oh my god. You gotta god. stab it in the back of the knee first to get it to fall yeah, down. It's always uh, just like ooh. Yeah. So you have to. Oh, it gets me so sad thinking about these poor like digital non-existent creatures because they had so much life to them the way that they moved and like do you ever notice that their eyes change like if they they're walking around and they're blue but if they notice you or if they 
as soon as they perceive you as a threat, their eyes turn to orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that. Um, and you had to shoot a couple in the eye to like couple a couple of them in the eye to like get them to like yeah fall over. Oh, but like you said, a lot of them are literally just walking around, or they're only attacking you because you're like encroaching on their territory, or they perceive you as a threat. Some of them are just like just doing nothing and you just walk up like eh, stab this oh, god told me to do it because his doorman is a piece of shit <laughs> i uh, <laughs> going i would like find if i if i was in wander shoes i'd find some way to take doorman out with me i'm like from hell's heart i stab at the and i just kill myself off like uh, that dude that would pull like you ever see the exorcist no um, do you care about spoilers for that movie? Because no, like I, I know you're not a scary. Movie. I know you're not a scary no, movie that's fan. I'll probably never watch it. Um, the end of the movie, they get the demon out of Reagan, the the little girl, and he, the priest, it goes. He, the priest, sacrifice himself by. He's like, come, like, get out of her, like, come into me. Mm. And the demon, and whatever the demon is, goes into him, and then he throws himself out a window oh, to, and geez. lands on his neck. So that way, it kills him uh. and the demon with him. Like he takes the demon out with with okay. him. So before the demon can fully take control of him, he sacrifices himself uh-huh. so like why couldn't wander do that <laughs> just take yourself out and don't let Dorman do his shit you uh, it was too late by then it was i mean he did get sealed in again at the very end so and as far as you know wanders back to normal so yeah he's just got horns now he's just a horny boy <laughs> <laughs> i don't think we can end the episode there no. <laughs> um <laughs> But there, but is there anything else that you wanted to say about Shadow of the Colossus that we have not talked about? Uh, we've talked a lot about our feelings for. I think we did a good job at dissecting down the like the allegory of it, like what, yeah, what like what like what we what we interpreted out of the story. We talked about the controls, how they're kind of wonky but kind of awesome at the same time. The seventeenth Colossus, like, yeah, there was a lot that's of crazy. there was just so many cool things. And if you, if you haven't been able to tell just how much we both like it, obviously him more than me, it's but it's still like that game really spoke to me at a time when I, you know, especially what, 2012, 2013, that's when like gaming was being a lot more safe than it is now even mm-hmm. like you with the exception of Last of Us and Bioshock Infinite, it was a lot of just shooters. It was yeah, a lot of shooters. Call of Duty every day it felt and, like. I mean, don't get me wrong. You saw the standouts like Demon Souls and Dark Souls, which I hate but once again i don't think they're bad games i just hate them because i'm bad at them um but i hate them too but i also love them (laughs) but like they're they're meant for a specific you know audience and gameplay style and it just you have to hate yourself a certain amount (laughs) a little bit of it yeah a little bit of um oh my gosh i forgot the word for uh masochism that's it you have to be a little bit of a masochist yeah. I, for some reason i can think of that um so but, vanilla <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else about shadow that you didn't that we didn't talk about that you wanted to um the only thing is that my favorite part about the ps4 remake was that you could turn off the hints <laughs> was there hints throughout the ps2 version? yeah oh they're so annoying and it was funny i was playing it with driana and i i knew they were coming because you know she's playing the first one trying to figure it out and then dorman's voice comes in that's like you must scale to the top of the colossus oh we can talk about the language thing after this because this is kind of a dumb thing but yeah he's like you must climb the colossus and she's like yeah i know and i'm like you can turn them off in this one you know and she's like nah, i'll, I'll leave him because like, she got kind of like i i was a little bit pushy because it was like you can change the controls to like a more modern like control layout or you can keep the original. And I was like, oh, no, keep the original because like uh, and she's like, stop. 
telling me what to do. This looks more comfortable, so I'm going to change it. And I'm like, oh, you can turn the hints off. And she's like, I haven't heard them at all, so I don't know if I'm going to like them or not. So, <laughs> and then as soon as it was like, oh, you must climb to the top. She's like, yeah, I know. And then she still couldn't figure it out. And it like 30 seconds later, it was like, you must climb to that. She's like, all right, I'm turning these off now. <laughs> so that was another kind of immersion breaking thing that I really didn't like, but that I'm glad that they did better in the ps4 you can turn them off so you don't have this voice in your head and it literally makes you figure them all out um but speaking of speaking of speaking the language the language of Dorman of Dorman and i don't know if it's the same language in eco but it's something that i really like and i think really keeps you engaged and tied into these like fantastical worlds is that they're speaking a complete nonsense language and and even more so in eco like yorda and eco can't understand each other because they're both speaking nonsense languages and the queen can speak to both of them yeah she can speak in eco's language and in yorda's language that's true the weird like little hieroglyph drawing (laughs) wingdings but (laughs) pretty much (laughs) um but I really liked that because it wasn't like one, like it's kind of unifying. Like they don't, obviously from a game design standpoint, like they don't have to dub it in a bunch of languages. You don't have to worry about bad voice acting because it's, everyone's going to hear it and it's going to hit their ear the same exact way. And it's going to be nonsense to everyone, but it's unifying in that everyone's like on the same kind of playing field, no matter what language you're in, it, it, it feels foreign and it feels different and it, it feels... It adds to that sense of loneliness because yeah. you don't feel connected it's to like this isolating. world. It's, it isolates you from both Wander in a sense, even though you're controlling Wander and the world that you're kind of inhabiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of like, probably because we studied Japanese a little bit and it's a Japanese game, but I pick on, I pick up on things that kind of sound Japanese. Like, I don't know if it's like, Japanese symbols rearranged or Japanese uh, syllables rearranged because I know at one point um, Eco comes running over to Yorda and says like something along the lines of Daijobu and it's like are you okay it's like Daijol or like something like that so I wonder how much like actual language is in there I wonder if you can translate I never thought about can you translate the language? It's possible. I Leave mean, a comment below if you can translate. I, I talked the to uh, I talked to Game Dave on the Final Ten episode about like what is Albed like in Japanese because mm. Albed in English was they just took the English language and just switch R- switch letters around. A yeah. is R. So yeah. and then they found a way to make they found a way to pronounce it to be like this is a let this is a word with no vowels but it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or something I'd, like that. I'd be uh, curious to see that. Um, anything else though? Anything else? Is that the last thing? I I think so. Yeah. I mean, I could probably think of something, but I, I just, we've been going for a little bit on this. It's been going and I kind of expected this, but what is our time? Actually, It's a game you could probably hour and 34 hour 34. That's too bad. I thought it was going to be like three hours, but it, Um, it just hit me in a like particular place and it just left its mark on me. Like it's one of those. That sounds like a personal problem. I mean, I'm working through this with my therapist currently. No, no. But, no. Uh, it's one of those games where it's like, like you said, it may not be the best game on the PS2, but it's one of the most important. I, yeah, it just it really showed what a video game experience could be because mm-hmm. up until that point, 
you had you had you had games that like experimented, you know, like even look back at the PS one era, like Pa Rapper the Rapper and Um Jammer Lammy. But yes. I would I wouldn't really it's all in the mind. Like I wouldn't really say those were like profoundly impactful experiences, or they they, they didn't intend to be. It was like, just you experimental because you can still have those per, like. Because you know everything is relative to the person, so yeah. someone could ha- someone could have had a really profound, impactful moment from that game for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that was the intention of the game. Versus this, I really feel like it was intentionally designed, maybe not to create something as like we're going to legitimize video games as a high art form, but it was definitely intended with this very somber, lonely attitude and that subtractive kind of design yeah. process. I, and uh, and it nothing else is like that. No, and there's very few games that still do stuff like this. I can't think of. I a, can't think of any either. Uh, I mean, the Last Guardian kind of does, and that was the I mean, that's the spiritual sequel to them, this though. game. Yeah, I'm, and I would say, I mean, I mean, hell, even games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls, there's a lot of combat. In I was going to so say it's it's, a, it's similar-ish. Dark Souls feels like, in some ways, like a love letter to games like that because dark souls is also even very though demon lonely. souls came out only like four years after i know uh, I shadow never, i never played that but i did get a profound sense of loneliness when i played dark souls for the first time because there's very few npcs um there's tons of lore in the world like unspoken lore that in like empty corners of the world just like shadow where it's like what what is this what did this used to be before like why am i so sad <laughs> like uh I, I do think there's something cool about I mean, it's weird because, like, I don't always like that type of world building. Not not the world building of telling, building the world and story through through the world itself, but I mean, like, that loneliness sense. Like, yeah. that loneliness aesthetic that they kind of add to it. And it's, I don't mind it, but I have to be in a mood for it because it mm. is kind of like, there's a there's a strong chance. there's It's an easy, it's a hard line to walk to balance that between jumping into pretentious to being pretentious about like this is the meaning of life and yeah. it, life is empty because I am so deep because I hate the world <laughs> and it, it's it's a very fine line which it does not cross it does not cross into that no and I think the game does a really good job of kind of balancing that because even at the end while all the shit's going wrong everything's going on, like Wander has ruined himself and his world for his own gain and he gets punished for it. Mm. He turn Dorman, you know, uh, possesses him and then gets taken away and now wanders a kid. But he, re- he does succeed in his goal. He rescues the girl. He rescues Mo- Mono, yeah. I guess is her name mm-hmm. still. I, th- I think we got that. I right. think it's Mono. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> he, he succeeds, but it's like, he went through such a great personal toll and he took out a lot of, he, he killed the, these people, peaceful beings the colossi that were admittedly at the same time though how did to kind of go into that world building thing did if if part of dorman is in those colossi who put them there are these were these were these beings that were created to to hold the parts of dorman or were these just innocent creatures that because of their size because of what they are Hmm. they're able to take part of this demonic force and not let it corrupt them. Yeah. And either way, it's a tragic thing that you kind of had to do to, yeah, to get what you want. You, you took out, it's, it's almost a little environmental. So it's almost a message. So it's actually really funny that you say that because that reminded me of another thing I, I wanted to say about the game. Do you, do you know about the secret garden? No. So after the credits roll, 
and Mono picks up the Wander, I guess, as a baby, and they're walking away with um, with uh, Agro, like limping along. <laughs> Such a good boy. Um, they show like it, it kind of like fades in and out, and then they show them all in this like beautiful like garden, and there's like fruit and birds, and there's a deer, and that garden is actually on the very top of the temple that you're in, like the main temple. And in the in the PS2 one, it, it was intended that you know every time you kill a lizard, you like take the tail and your stamina gets bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You we didn't could, talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> I thought we did. Um, so you can... Maybe we did. In the um, in the PS4 one, it's like a bar now instead of the circle. But the, the circle one literally would just... It would get bigger and bigger and take up more and more of the screen, like the more stamina you had. So it, basically, if you got enough stamina and you're, you're... It would never end. I don't think there was an end point because you could keep doing it. It would take up so much of the screen... You could climb up the entire outside of the tower of, of like the main temple and get to that secret garden that's at the very top. Really? Yeah. Okay. So in the PS2 one, you could kind of do a weird I've done it only because you could do like this weird zigzag jump that would it was a glitch and you it wouldn't actually take your stamina down. So you could kind of like hop, 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 hop. And I've gotten up there and you can go across the bridge and there's like you can you have to walk because it's obviously the horse can't get up there. But if you walk all the way down the bridge, like when you, if you try to leave the way that you came in, there's like this really strong wind that kind of like pushes you back, which I thought was kind of an interesting thing that they added, almost like anticipating people that would a player do it. would go up top there. Yeah, yeah. So, but when you get to the, the very top, there's that secret garden. There's it's beautiful. There's animals. There's like fruit growing on the trees and stuff, and. At that point, your stamina gauge is probably so big that it's taking up like a quarter of your screen. If you shoot down one of the fruit and you eat it, your stamina goes all the way back down to where it started. What? Yeah. So it's almost like this. Is it an allegory about greed? Like you become so greedy that you like it's you, overtaking you. You and make you, it to paradise and that's still not enough. Yeah. That's <laughs> that also makes me think though, just because you, you know I mentioned in the final ten episode, I'm, yeah. I'm a little religious, but you know not shovy about it. Um, a lot of people call it like the Garden of Eden. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's a yeah. very Garden of Eden type of thing. That's wild. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end this episode, yeah. man. Just like, think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Check yourself before you wreck. <laughs> no, I think that's a good place to end this episode, yeah. though. It's a good place to end the video too. It's an hour. It's a long. Yeah. This is a, long, a long one. one. Um, Thanks for sticking with us. This was you a lot listen of fun or though. watch. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me for both yeah. Eco and for this one. I knew we were going to go longer on this one than Eco, and I th- I wanted to as well, not just because I like this game more, but also I think this game just it's more fun than Eco. Yeah. No offense, Eco. Uh, no, it, that's the thing; it's a great game in its own right. But this mm-hmm. one just for me just hit so much closer to home. <laughs> uh, so, where can the good people find you who are not watching this on YouTube? The yes. people on my feed who who can <laughs> how, where can the good people find you online? Uh, so you can actually watch video footage of this on our YouTube channel. It's it's the Experience Point. Just go or uh, just YouTube search the EXP Point. Um, you can also find us across all social medias at the Experience Point. Same thing, the EXP Point. Uh, and then we also I'll also be uploading this in audio format to our podcast feed which is also on google and stitcher and spotify and all that so basically just google the experience point and we'll come up and you can digest us however you want to <laughs> um as for me you can follow me on facebook twitter and instagram at still loading pod on all of them uh 
feel free to reach out to me there. I like talking to people. I like interacting. I usually post pictures of my video game collection a lot just to see what people think. I always like, I like to give a little history snippets on that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, please leave comments. Like the part of why I started the experience point is because I want to share experience with other people. So like, if you think that I'm an idiot for loving this game, like tell me, or if you love it as much as me, also tell me, let's talk about it and like get the conversation going in the comments. Um, and then if you want to email me, still learning contact at gmail.com. You can also support the show in a couple of different ways. Easiest way for everyone, just giving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcasting app you use, both for my feed and also for the Experience yep. Point feed. Uh, that helps gain exposure for the show. More people find it, like especially Apple Podcasts. Like mm-hmm. that, more the more reviews and specifically reviews, like the ratings are great too. The ratings are excellent. And the the root, but if they have a review, it helps like Apple push that to more people. Yeah. Um, we well, actually both of us have Patreons. You have patreon.com slash still loading pod for the podcast, uh, for still for mine. Uh, even just a dollar a month will help grow the show. For yep. you, it's patreon.com slash the exp. Yep. It's just uh, the exp point, the exp all one point. word. Um, again, a dollar a month will help us grow and get more people seen and get us some new. Fancy microphones like this, because I know as soon as yes. I hear this, I'm going to be like, ooh, this is way better than this, mine. This is a, it, it's not actually as expensive as you think for all this stuff, too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't. I, it was it was a lot if you get it all at once. But if you kind of break it up bit by bit, it's a, it's a good investment. Um, and then as you can check out the network I'm a part of, podbeardnetwork.com. You can go to that website and see all the great shows on the network. And finally, the most important shout out is the network, or the, not the network. Well, no, I'm part of a network, but the nonprofit I'm part I'm partnered with and I'm helping support uh, the Bit by Bit Foundation. The Bit by Bit Foundation is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to put video games and video game consoles in the hands of kids receiving inpatient care at hospitals. So, if you want to consider donating and check out what they do, go to bitbybitfoundation.org and. Yeah, I guess consider donating. That's great. Uh, I love the name of that bit by bit. Yeah. As as a like someone in graphic design and marketing, like I will that's show you their logo because it's not awful. <laughs> oh, okay. Well. Um, it's actually a friend of mine that I used to work with. Is one of the board members of it. I oh, cool. when I worked at a grocery store like years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Those so days. he uh, he started it with a bunch of his friends, and I when nice. I saw that I was like, oh man, I I you guys want to partner up? Like I like I'll just promote your guys stuff like that's pretty much it like i just want to be i want to help out in any way i can Mm. so um yeah so that's the bit by bit foundation um and that should do it for this this is the last game episode of the summer of ps2 this was this has been a ride for all the games here yeah anyone who's just hearing josh's lovely voice and hearing about his podcast on on our feed definitely go check out uh his podcast he did a whole series on uh ps2 games he's done like you did the whole 40 for 40 thing where you put up just crazy amounts of content um if you are familiar with our channel um you know driana um she was just on for a kingdom hearts episode for his summer of ps2 series so definitely go check those out there they're real good um and that should do it for this episode of still loading in this episode of the experience point yeah uh so thank you all once again for listening thank you andrew for joining me yeah thank you likewise and i will see you all next time I like riding horses. <laughs> <laughs>